Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now And this is Technical Difficulties. <laughs> Otherwise known as Thomas. And welcome back to the OK Boomer podcast. Now available as audio or video podcasts. You can see us right here on YouTube Live. Uh, we're live on X at the same time. And you can catch the replays on Rumble and Odyssey. And the audio portion, if you prefer just the audio podcast, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you get a podcast, which is free. But please spread the word. Give us that five-star review, even if you don't mean it, just to help spread the word so more people can hear about us. And uh, we're off to the races. It is now the pre-show. I, again, am on the Isle of Misfit Toys. I, I have nothing. <laughs> I get nothing this week. But Thomas went to a little store known as Ollie's. Yes, I did. I went to Ollie's. Um, I uh, I got out today, and uh, some of these are for me. Actually, some of them are Christmas presents. So, you ready? Mm-hmm. Picked up The Art of Darwin Cook. Oh, sweet. For six bucks. So, I was like, what the hell? I wish they would just shrink wrap the books. And put the sticker on the shrink wrap and not on the actual book. Yeah, I know. Uh, I got another Golden Age Swamp th- or Bronze Age Swamp Thing Volume 1. Nice. Dude, I have never read this, but I've heard this is one of the better arcs in the series. Not that this is a bad series. But Fables, Snow White. Nice, yeah. Uh, the, the best thing about that is that was written by uh, our friend uh, Bill Wingaman. Yep. And uh, he, he gave the, the high middle finger to uh, DC 
and made everything that he wrote for like the last 20 years. Yeah. He was like, in domain. Yeah. Domain. Now I've got to figure out what issues these are, but um, this is the, I guess it's like the third, but Batman Night of the Owls. So I can't remember where this falls. Um, but I think I think that's before the Court of Owls. No, I thought Court of Owls was first. It might be. And then it was Night of Owls, but this is a lot thicker than the volume one and volume two. Um, I mean, it was like $4. So I was like, what the hell? And I see what looks like uh, Hugo Strange on the back cover. Yeah. Or is that Mr. Freeze? No, that's Hugo. One, one of them, yeah. That's Hugo, yeah. Um, uh, that could be afterwards that that whole big story arc that brought in like the talents, yeah, which launched the talent solo book, which I read for about six issues and then I, it kind of got boring to me. So, uh, I am slowly finding these at Ollie's and picking them up for next to nothing. Um, I'm up to book four now with this one, Preacher. Oh, good series, dude. Dard is so good. Uh, and I mean, I love you know, Ennis. Ennis is just freaking amazing. Uh, I never even heard of this uh, this next one, but it was $3. Called Two Dead by Val Jensen and Nate Powell. It won a National Book Award um, winner of March. Have you ever even heard, seen of such? Nope. Comics, uh, comics graphic novels, uh, after World War II, tensions in a southern city ruled by organized crime, uh, touching countless residents as they struggle to make sense of a new world. A sudden act of violence sets off a series of bloody events between the police and mafia as they lash out against each other as the violence worsens. Desperation grows, so stop it by any means necessary. The art is really good, too. Oh, is it like that? Like the like the grayscale wash yeah. tones and stuff? Yeah, like gray yeah. or black scale. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Um, I mean, and it it looks it has a little bit of that that whole contract with God vibe. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't know if you know everybody's read Contract with God. If you haven't read it, uh, it's you know there's a reason it's considered a masterpiece. Um, yeah, but that looked, was that was pretty much one of my highlights for the entire year. Actually, finally reading that book. Yeah. I sent that one to you, didn't I? Yeah, you did. I, that's that's why I read it. Um, but I got those. And the other thing is, I got he's. I don't see him on here right now, but I got a early Christmas present from uh, our friend and lurker of the pile, Al, of the podcast, Al. So, uh, you know who the Doctor Squatch people are, right? Yeah. They make the soap, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I got it. I use all their stuff. They made Marvel. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Spider suds. Spider Spidey suds. And then he ordered this one for me. He gave it to me the other day. He's like, I got this. Dude, the box is freaking awesome. But. Oh, the whole Marvel one. Yeah, that, yeah, that is that bad. One. And then it's got a little, it's like a little magnetic thingamajiggle. Hey, man, I'm just talking about the soaps. Um. Oh, that's awesome yeah and it's a cool it's a cool looking box so you can hang that on the wall afterwards yeah or do something with it i mean it's really awesome and the soaps smell really good um i like the art i can't tell who it is though 
I can't tell if it's, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, Perez or Burn or some kind of in between. Yeah, I don't think it looks enough like Burn stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, I honest to God, I have no idea whose art it is, but all the art's really classic. And I don't want to say this is how the character should look, but and the box, like I said, it's pretty cool. But yeah, that's that's all I got. Like I said, our good good pal Al there hooked us up with uh, hooked me up with some soap. I guess he's trying to say I stink. Yeah, I was I was gonna you beat me to it. <laughs> I bathe regularly. Merry Christmas, you smelly. <laughs> Damn it, your friend Al, your pal Al. <laughs> but. Yeah, that's it. I went out and picked up some Christmas presents and that, but it's pretty cool. I really do like the box. The box, the art's really nice. Oh yeah, I uh, I did some reading, but I, I've been like not feeling too good, so I've been like very tired. On the plus side, my leg that had a hole that resembled uh, part of the Grand Canyon from last year uh, is finally almost completely closed. Good job. Two years in the making. Yeah. Um, but I did get, I thought I was on the, the fifth installment of Last Ronin. Yeah. And I was still only on chapter four. <laughs> so I am now like in the, I'm, I'm now like got like only like another 20 pages left of that book. It's so good. I need to sit down and finish reading it. I started it, but I just haven't had a chance. And that's the whole thing. I get behind and I I get caught up on reading or fall, you know, just fall behind on reading in general. And then mm -hmm. when I try and get back into it, I, I lose where I'm at or whatever. Um, the last thing I was reading um, besides our, our book for the day was uh, – I bought a while back. I went out of town and they had, uh, it was a, did a black Friday sale at the comic book convention. Oh yeah, yeah. And they had some Epic collections in a box. They were a little beat up, but they were $5 piece for Epic collections. And I bought the, uh, Epic collections, Captain America volume one. Nice. And, um, the first issue in the book is like, uh, strange tales, one fourteen. cat meets, uh, uh, Johnny storm. And, you know, it's Stanley and Jack Kirby, but the, the art in the early Marvels, the, the Jack Kirby art is so good. I don't know why it pops so to me, yeah. but those. So it's so ahead of its time. Yes. That, that art is amazing. Sure. Um, I, so I, I did that and I'm up to issue nine in that Bronze Age Sagra the Swamp thing that you showed off earlier that you picked up. Issue nine. So you did read the Cthulhu issue finally? Yes. Oh, man. When he goes to the freaking cave? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. It, uh, I'm not going to lie. I might have woken up a couple of times that night. So you're up sure to... I had to go to the bathroom. I was a little scared. Yeah. You're up to that one, huh? Yep. Where he goes, where he's in the train? Yeah. Oh, God. Dude, Bernie Rice is so good. It's just so awesome yes so, the, the stuff is just amazing 
So I had a different Thomas on last night. I had Thomas Hules on from uh, from Kingsville, the guy that I kept winning, you know, figures and and like really cool comic book cover pops from and everything. Yeah. He's always doing he's always doing giveaways. Uh now he's doing a podcast like I do on Creators Outlet, but he is just grabbing huge names. Really? Like he like he makes indie comics, so of course he loves indie comics and, and he brings a lot of those people on and people that are just starting out like new guys from from Image or or Mad Cave and AWA stuff like that. Um, last week he had Jeff Johns on. Oh, sweet! Two weeks ago he was interviewing Todd McFarlane. Really? <laughs> I'm like, he must have sent Todd a picture of his 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 office setup. Uh, Todd goes, yeah, I see all my figures there. Thanks. You put two of my kids through college this year. <laughs> Let me go on to talk to you. <laughs> it's the least I, I could do. Um, and Thomas actually broke some news a couple of days ago that even though Hasbro laid off 1100 people this week, Merry Christmas, uh, McFarland toys just cut a deal with them. Yeah. They do good. Hasbro. Yeah. Yeah, Joe, right? Uh Transformers first and then G.I. Joe. Really? Page punchers. There's no details out yet as of whether or not they are um gonna be like the seven inch figures or the small like four inch figures. So we'll find out when when more is available about that. But there's He's he did uh it just ended the other day. Uh McFarland Toys did a uh twelve days of Christmas sale. Oh. No, uh I didn't buy anything, but I did pre-order one thing. They did uh now I'm mad at myself because I never pre-ordered the Black Light Joker. Okay. But I just pre-ordered the Black Light Mr. Freeze and the backdrop is the cover of the first appearance of Mr. Freeze. Oh, sweet. Uh, the suit looks like really weird and stuff. It's not something that I'm used to, even like the old, you know, version or whatever, but it was still cool in worst case scenario. If I end up not liking it, uh, those black light editions are usually, they're usually like entertainment earth exclusives. And then, you know, about three or four months after they come out, they're going to be sold out before they hit the shelves, you know, before they hit the, 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 you know, the entertainment earth, like site, you know, yeah. now, now in stock section, they're probably all going to be sold out by then. So I'd be like, if I don't like it, I can sell it or trade for something that I do like. Yeah. So you say, get, get you a black light that way you can light it up. It comes with them. Oh, does it? Oh, sweet! It comes with black lights that attach to the to this big base that you put them on, so it shines up from it. So it, it shines up on them. They're like little spotlights, little black light spotlights. You just turn your lights off, put it on the shelf, and you go. Huh? Like, cool. Yeah, sounds neat. 
So, um, speaking of uh, Tommy Hull, uh, I figured we'll take a look at his Kickstarter. I just had him on last night. Uh, his issue two of Kingsville. Uh, the book reminds me, you know, it's very heavily influenced by the boys. Like a lot of different stuff and a lot of different characters, but um, I put his... There's his link. Uh, that's his link tree link because it's just easier going there. And here, when you go to it, boink, first thing is right to there. And then I will have to switch off of that and switch to this. Please, sir, we're now having technical difficulties. Yeah. They know we can't help it. We're, uh, we're, we're boomers. Not quite boomers. Yes, I know. So here's the, here's the trailer. As the desire for more independent comic books continues to rise, readers around the globe look for fresh stories that can capture their imagination and introduce a whole new universe of valiant heroes and despicable villains. We at World at War Comics bring you just that. Here, our creators break free of the norm and take you on a wild adventure through Kingsville, a story of global power gone wrong. Kingsville will bring to the comic book pages a story of power being abused, where a decision must be made to either ignore and continue to live in peace or expose the guilty and possibly lose everything. Join the World at War movement and its first comic, Kingsville, to fight against the tyranny of the Alliance for Global Safety. Pre-order your copy today. Looks like it's about funded. Just about uh, 70% of goal. Um, so just a little over $600, and it's there. He's got 47 backers. Now, this he put this up about four months ago, and the, the Kickstarter uh, failed miserably. Uh-oh. Uh, just because it, it's in this in this economy, it's always a bad time to launch a crowdfunded project right now. You know, unless unless you're like a big name in the business that has just gone back to just doing their own, you know, their own thing, left left the corporate world to just, you know, be your own boss and your name, you know, you've got a, you know, you're you're like a Mark Millar or a, yeah, you've got you know, a, a, a dedicated following. Yeah. You've got you've got like a long list of people that are just dying for stuff from you. And I put this uh, this right up right here in the description so you can read that. Issue two is all done. Um, they're just being finished, lettered, and he's already started on issue three. They've already got the first two pages of issue three done. This. Uh, is the clean cover? These are all, these are all the villains. Okay. This is, this is uh, Doctor D. Um, they're just they're like the Empire of superheroes. Huh. Uh, this is the not so clean cover. Uh. There's a lot of blood in this book. <laughs> it's like hello, early '90s image. And this is what the uh, the other cover looks like. This is a brand new character. Um, pictured 
uh, Deathstroke the Terminator and Deadpool had a love child. This is this is them. <laughs> Damn it. Some interior art. The art's not terrible. It's a really muted palette, though. Yeah. Everything's like, you know, fairly dark. And these are these are all first appearance new characters uh, in issue two, so. When did the first issue come out? Do you know? Um, about six months ago. Oh, okay. So he 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 was going to do issue two right after issue one, essentially. Yeah. And it just didn't take off right there. Finally, a villain I look like. Damn it! <laughs> no, he's got more hair than you. Yeah, just about everybody does. <laughs> uh, this is collapse. And this guy's called Snapback. You got He's the like, first issue? Yes, I do. Snapback's holding on to like those blades on his on his hands. Yeah. And he can just stretch like, you know, like Eel O'Brien there. <laughs> you see this? The whole the whole arm stretches. He's slapped, slapped. <laughs> yeah. right through his head. I don't think he's going to have a headache after that. Uh, stretch goals that are already passed. Uh, an embossed sticker, uh, twenty five hundred dollars. He's going to include the uh, the logo magnet. Uh, if he hits three K, everybody will get two free trading cards out of the new set. And uh, at four thousand, there's a Kingsville two poster, which is like that that mean like deep dark cover and yeah. if it hits 5k which he's really hoping for because he's already bought and paid for all of them <laughs> there's a uh, kingsville poker chip where it has uh one of the covers of the cover of issue one with snapback on one side and then the cover of the new uh i love death guy on the other side i love death guy <laughs> Well, he's called death something, but I forget what he told me it was. But um, you can get a digital uh, version of number two if you've already got number one. And you just want to check it out uh, for five bucks. Uh, you can get a physical and digital version for ten. Physical and, and digital issue. And then you can pick pick the covers. They're all the same price. Like the variant covers aren't like, you know. Stupid expensive. Yeah. Even some of them aren't stupid expensive, but they go up a little bit more because the artist costs more for the cover that they yeah. wanted for it. But, you know. Um, I was sad to see, because he was offering four full-page ads in Kingsville 2. For fifteen dollars a piece, they're all sold out. <laughs> um, if you buy Kingsville one and two together, he knocks a couple of dollars off the price, which will just get eaten up by your shipping costs. <laughs> but he took a couple of bucks off it, so you can get both of them for like eighteen dollars. Yeah, you get both both issues. Uh, all three covers of issue two twenty five. 
Uh, then he's got retailer packages. Uh, you can get uh, he he cuts it like uh, stores will get like uh, you know half off, and you can get 10, 10 copies of number one for thirty five. Uh, or you can mix you can mix and match it uh, for thirty five. You know you can get five of one and five of the other, so you have sets. Yeah, and, that way you he, sell sell them that way. Yeah, and he would include stuff with them. Um, there's all three covers of a T-shirt for fifty bucks, and the bigger retailer package uh, for Kingsville too, which is one of five five copies of each cover for fifty five. And then there's the the get everything, get it all, including uh, issue one, all three covers, issue uh, two all three covers and one of the issue ones was an exclusive kickstarter only cover but he still he still had he overprinted by a certain percentage you know for errors and he still had he still had like he still got like i think like maybe like 10 left oh so three people have already grabbed this and you know that's pretty much it so if you like if you like the boys and you know Overpowered villains. I think you'll dig this. The, the the story flows really good, and I thought it was a lot of fun. But um, cool. And now Let's check it out. Dum dum dum. My picks. <sighs> Sticking with our Christmas theme. Hey, it is it is Christmas, so. Might as well. Batman and Robin, 239. 52 pages for 25 cents. Of course, they don't tell you. You find out later on that uh, what, uh, of those 52 pages, 12 of them or 13 of them are a reprint. Yeah, but the best thing about that reprint. Can any of us afford to buy that original source material? No. Okay then. Got it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, this was this was at a time where uh, it's still the Batman comic, but it's Batman with Robin, the Teen Wonder. Yes. Yeah. At some point, this becomes Batman with Batgirl. Um, Robin is going off to college, so you just get a, a lot of like, you know, really cool mod robin stories from like the 60s and 70s well you that's the same thing when batgirl's in the book um and uh you know and i don't sound terrible it looks like it's a wonderful cover by adams um but you know he only drew one of every other cover in batman at the time yeah (laughs) it's like who drew more batman covers i think jim aparo maybe <laughs> exactly it, it's it's going to be a, it's probably like a close race yeah um but yeah batman with robin 239 um now i was kind of shocked in the inside because i was like the art inside is actually really good and it's uh it's era uh era of novak yeah uh and he's done god dude he's done so much stuff just somebody we don't ever talk about um and i don't want to know if it's him or if it's uh 
Giordano that's really fleshing this artwork out, but it's it's really good. Um, I think it, I think it, it, it might this issue might rely heavily on on Giordano inks. Yes, exactly. I mean the artist, you know, the penciler is you know great penciler. Yeah, he's so good. But uh, back in the the sixties and seventies, uh, the only the only person really DC wise that comes to the top of the top of the stack is Dick Gordano on inks. Yeah. Well, you know, is to DC what Jolton Joe Sinat was to Marvel. Yes, exactly. I mean, the only one that comes even close is Murphy Anderson to me. Um, mm. But I mean, I freaking the, the, the stuff that they did on Adam Strange was so good. Oh yeah. But yeah, so Silent Night, Deadly Night. We see our Batman swooping down uh, as a Santa has been beat the heck out of and is laying unconscious. And then there in the middle, dude, I did not know until I read this. These little three thing, these little three post uh, Salvation Army things were back in the day, oh, yeah. nineteen seventy two. So they've been using the same design forever. Only now they have locks on them because people steal from them. Which we quickly find out as the Batman arrives. That's exactly what happened here. <laughs> he asks the Santa, are you all right? He says, yeah, I was. Uh, I wish you would have been a little earlier. There's a big man with a tan jacket. He jumped it. Uh, this guy's been going around beating up Santas and stealing the money that they're uh, raising for charity. But this Santa actually got a, you know, he got a leg up on him. He was strong enough to pick up a wood crate and hit this guy in the knee with it. So he picked up a pallet, wooden mm -hmm. crate or pallet, whatever, and knocked him. Uh, so he's hurt. So Batman actually, this is kind of cool. Batman says he's going to actually follow the guy. He says there's traces of blood on the snow and this unevenness in the footprints indicate our attacker was favoring one leg. Adds up to a trail. Might be able to follow it. Oh my God. Detective work? Exactly. Dude, he never does that anymore. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> he's he's just a brooding Superman now. Yeah. Nobody so, can lay a finger on him. No. Oh yeah, he... We, we fixed to see in a minute how different he is. So he heads. He's like, thanks for your help. And I, I love Santa. He says, if you find him, find the creep, sock him one for old Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like he went in this alley. And, uh, of course, this is cool, too. Batman says, I'm in luck. He didn't walk in the middle where the trail would be lost in the tire tracks. He stuck to the side. He probably used the wall for support. So we know the guy's actually been hurt. Yeah. And, of course, Batman follows him down until he comes to a, uh, a little set-up Christmas tree sh stand where they're selling Christmas trees. Mm -hmm. um, says, you know, and he's like, you know, I'm close. And finally, we see there's Batman when this giant tree comes up and hits Batman in the head. Dude, this is like a freaking nine-foot Christmas tree. That sucker's heavy. Yeah, I'm like, why don't you just try to stab him through the back? Look at the point on the end of that sucker. Yeah. So they get into a fight here, and as we can see how it, times have changed, this dude not only hits Batman with a damn Christmas tree, knees him in the, fa in, the, in the jaw, and then starts to strangle him with Christmas lights. 
I got to tell you, the first thing that came to mind when I saw that last panel of him trying to choke him out with the Christmas lights was that that Christmas parody song, The Twelve Pains of Christmas. <laughs> the Twelve Pains of Christmas. You want to string up the lights? You do it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Hey, hey man, what's going greetings. on? So, yeah, he's trying to strangle Batman with damn Christmas lights. Of course, you know, it doesn't go super well. He manages to, Batman manages to recover, flips him over, and knocks the hell out of him. Yeah. And he sees, then he, he's, our bum here has got the damn gall. You would have taken me except for I got a bum knee. Then you're the thug I want for your fighting is strictly Bush League. <laughs> In other words, you would have never taken me. Yeah. Even with both legs. So he's going to take him to jail. Yeah. And uh, as he's going on, what's cool is the guy's like, look, hey, uh, yeah, I didn't do it for myself. Let me give you a chance to show you. Uh, if you still, you figure you want, you know, if you still figure me for a louse, I'll be locked up without a whimper, Batman. And Batman's like, you know, I don't know why, but I got a feeling you're straighter than you've seen. Prove it to me, though, any stunts in your uh, cat meat. Consider that a promise, chum. That's a little weird. I always thought it was dog meat, but hey. Well, you know, we're, we're in Gotham. There's probably a, more stray cats than there are dogs. <laughs> is that what it is? Gotham, Gotham he, is a cat problem. It's Christmas time. He's looking to feed the, uh, you know, the abandoned pets. Yeah. Um, I do like how it keeps talking about even in the, I can't remember what poem that was or whatever. He talks about how the snow makes everything clean and nice again. Even in Gotham's worst slum, the snow works its magic. Masking the dirt, the squalor, hushing moans of pain from grim tenants. Um, so they're they're really in a terrible place. Uh, so we get back. The guy follows Batman or leads Batman back to his apartment, and uh, you know it's me. You know there it is. You hear a voice from inside. It's me, sweetheart, Uncle Tim, and a friend. Batman, this is my niece Betsy. I'm glad you're back, Uncle Tim. I was getting lonely. Did you bring the turkey and other stuff? And he's not yet, you know. Sorry, I'll explain later. First, me and Batman got to talk. You play in your room. Just so you see, uh, you see my reason, Batman, it's Betsy. I wouldn't wash. Uh, you're big, strong. Certainly, you could have worked to buy this child's Christmas. Now we find out Hasbro just laid him off. Laid him off. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it wasn't got, actually. It wasn't actually Hasbro. It was. No. It was. It was this. It was another company, like you know, another toy manufacturer, like Hasbro. Yeah, uh, Evans. Uh, well, it doesn't say the company, but it's Evans, the toy manufacturer, Richard Lee Evans. Yeah. Uh, it's probably, September. Probably a company Hasbro bought out years ago. Oh my God, <laughs> damn it! Damn it! He let a bunch of us go in September because business was slack. He promised we'd be rehired, so instead he sold the company. And the new bosses have no interest in previous employers or pre previous employees. Uh, I didn't dare. Kept thinking I'd have a regular spot till it's too late. So basically, old dude thought the company was going to hire him back. He didn't go looking for another job. And then when he did, it was too late. And now essentially nobody's hiring because it's Christmas. Yeah. Um, you know, and Batman still being, you know, rich privileged asshole that he is you've had a rough time but none of us could have you know 
told your excuses or crimes. You picked a quarrel with the world and when Evans is to blame. And that old guy finally gets mad. He says, yeah, everything that's bad happens to Betsy is Evans' fault. So Batman gets the hell knocked out of him with a light. These, these damn lamps were heavy, too. I would think that the lamp would break. And big old, the big old ceramic ones back in the day. Nah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those things were like three or four inches thick. Exactly. <laughs> then Batman gets knocked out. And then for a brief while, he feels warm and peaceful until a throbbing in his head comes up. And there's Betsy. Hey, Mr. Batman, you're awake. Cut these ropes. Let me get away. I can't, sir. You see, Uncle Tom said not to let you loose until morning. He's been Damn. so good to me. Since Mommy and Daddy went away, I'd be a sin to disobey. Where the hell did Mommy and Daddy go? They just skipped town. Uh, they they might have died. They might have gotten, you know, put in prison for something or... Whatever. Yeah, we never found just said, out. I we can't we can't we can't handle a kid anymore and just we can't take care of us so here you go Tim and took off yeah uh what's bad is so he ties Batman to the damn radiator which it's cold outside so it's probably hot as balls mm -hmm. those radiators get hot and uh, she won't cut him loose Batman manages to realize he's in a crappy house in uh, the rundown part of town to see there's there's you know the plaster ain't even all on the wall. So he managed to rip the damn radiator up and get out. Uh, so he's like, hey, is my uh, I'll slip the bonds off the bottom, no problem. In my Bruce Wayne identity, I once visited Evans. I should reach the manor an hour. He's like, you're leaving me alone? Ah, can't you stay with relatives, neighbors? No, I guess not. Get your coats. So Batman decides in the middle of a damn snowstorm, he's going to go and stop this guy who th thinks is going to go kill this toy manufacturer for all of his pain and suffering. And, and apparently the Batmobile is currently a Camaro. Yes. So he, he actually takes the girl with him and they head out. Now, I know it sounds crazy. The next four panels may be the best that are drawn in here because the snow is really nice. To me, it looked really good. Uh, it's because you don't him. have to shovel it. Because I don't have to shovel it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the damn Batmobile, he drives until he gets literally stuck in a damn snowbank. He says, uh, it stopped. I need a bulldozer. Uh, I was unconscious for 90 minutes. Uh, plenty of time for Tim to have gotten this far. While we stop, we're waiting, Betsy, waiting for a miracle. And apparently, old guy, the toy manufacturer, has went a little off his rocker there, and he lives in a castle on top of a hill outside of Gotham. I'm surprised he doesn't wear a cape. Exactly. He's not a damn supervillain or anything. And uh, we find inside that this old man is playing with his toys, just like a bunch of us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> when he hears somebody, he says, ah, there's someone there. You heard me, the guy that used to Used to buck freight for you, remember? Get out. Nobody's allowed in my castle. I'm going to make you pay for all the misery you called. So the guy is going to beat the hell out of him. Uh, possibly kill him. He says, nothing can keep me from wringing your scrawny neck. Uh, you know, as the Batman and the little girl head up toward the castle, they finally see, look, a horse and an old-fashioned sleigh. No sign of the owner, but we'll borrow it. 
I hoped for a miracle and got one. Hang on, Betsy. Let's head up. So he giddy-ups the course. You okay? Yeah, I just, uh, Jamie popped something up there. I was, I saw it. I was trying to read it right quick. So uh, the animal seems familiar with the area, and they head up to the castle. We find out that we get there. That uh, good old... Let me address Jamie's. Uh, no, we're not uh, comic book creators. We're just comic book fans. Um, I do another show on Wednesdays called uh, Creators Outlet where I interview a bunch of uh, indie creators and <clears throat> we support them here on the channel. And we take a look at a, a different crowdfund campaign uh, every week during our pre-show before we dive into whatever older comic book we're covering. And we try and cover them as pretty as thoroughly as possible. I know that kind of goes page by page, but hey, sometimes that's the only way to do it to me. <laughs> but yeah, so Batman finally shows up and we realize that Tim has not killed the old man. He's sick and he's actually trying to get him to the damn hospital at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's got a bum ticker and he needs a doc. So they put him in the freaking horse and, uh, horse and sleigh and rush to the hospital. Um, he says, I, you know, I've been out of my head for plenty of weeks. Uh, you know, he says, you know, he's worrying me to bits. I wasn't like myself. And, uh, when he was going to kill the guy, he finally just come to his senses. And, uh, Batman's like, Hey, Tim, you'll eventually have to have to answer for all you did, but I think I can persuade the Wayne foundation to intercede for you. I don't care about me. I just hope Evans is okay. So of course, Evans does make it. He, uh, he goes through, um, and then, you know, Batman tells him, he's, we'll discuss your difficulties with the law next week, Tim. Meanwhile, take Betsy home, give her a Merry Christmas. Thanks, Batman. I'll pay you back. And Batman just like gives him a big ass wad of cash. He says, you already have the instant you chose mercy instead of murder. Goodbye and God bless. But now I'd better see to the horse and sleigh. And of course the horse and sleigh are gone. And then we see uh, like a little star at night. So we know it was Santa. Tingle, tingle. Yep. Yep. Christmas story, Christmas past. Art in here, dude, I, I don't know who published or 1943 is when this one was originally published. It, this sure as hell wasn't Bob Kane art. Um, no. I'd be surprised. It's too good to be Bob K. Yeah. Uh, I mean, God, if it's not be, credited, it could be Bill Finger. Well, now Bill Finger was just the writer, remember? But it could have been. Uh, was it uh, Sprang? Uh, was Dick drawing Sprang. Dick Sprang. Uh, Jerry Robinson was drawing at this time. It mm. could have been any of those guys. But yeah, it's not credited. Bob Kane, uh, originally published Batman number 15, 1943. Merry Christmas, lovers of high adventure, Batman everywhere. Um, oh, yeah, this artwork is really good, especially for 43. Um, so we discover here it is, Holy Night, you know, 
Bruce and Dick Grayson are going around town and they're essentially handing out money and presents to people to make them feel good. And uh, they, you know, they they're just handed out money like it's going out of style. Um, and of course, Dick's, of huh? He's got plenty of it. Yeah, he does. He says, I didn't think I felt I thought I felt good, but now I feel 10 times better. So do I. But it makes me sad to think how many more unhappy this Christmas Eve. Uh, that youngster had his mother, but a lot of people have no families. We're lucky, all right. We have each other and one of the finest houses in Gotham, so they made it, made it back to Wayne Manor. He says, dozens of friends send us presents, but some people have no friends. It must be awful to be lonely at Christmas. You know, I was looking forward to just enjoying the evening by ourselves. And then Dick says, but what, Dick? Well, wouldn't it be nice if we could just send some cheer to some, uh, let me see, some other people. And he says, I got it. The loneliest men in the world. And of course, the loneliest men in the world, all three of them, happen to freaking live in Gotham City. <laughs> so Batman's like, hey, I, I'm hoping you'd suggest it. So they load everything on the freaking Batplane. <laughs> and it looks like a like a damn sleigh. I guess they got it outfitted for snow travel. Yeah, it, it's, like the, it, it, it's like the Batplane or something. Yeah, it's the back they, but they got it's got sleigh sleigh on it, uh, sleigh bells rails. on it. Yeah, sleigh rails and stuff on it. Well, according to the DC database, uh, Batman Volume One, Issue Fifteen, from March of nineteen forty-three, um, was written by Jack Schiff. It was penciled by Bob Kane. Oh my God, really? But it was inked, <sighs> which is probably at saving grace. By Jerry Robinson and George Russos. <laughs> Damn it. So Jerry Robinson saved this book. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Robinson saved it. So they head out. Uh, the weird wing, bat wing shapes scores into the sky. And of course, Batman and Robin is going to stop. First person they're going to see, even though he's not the loneliest man in the world, is Commissioner Gordon who has a giant-ass picture of himself, of himself over the desk. <laughs> like, huge. Like, dude, have you got an ego or something? <laughs> this is old-school no. Jim. I, I am the I am the Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> so they show up as Jim's actually letting uh, letting a fugitive go. Uh, Dirk, uh, Dirk Danger is his name, yeah. He says... Uh, He's letting him go because I don't have enough evidence to actually throw you in jail. So I got to let you go. Uh, and uh, he says, uh, as he says, maybe later, Dirt, but now we're busy celebrating Christmas. And we've thought of a brand new way to do it. How about letting me in on the secret, Batman? Dirt just leaves. First, we're going to give a surprise party for the doorman at the Swanky Crane Club. Then we'll call on Link Chensey, the radio humorist. And the gloomiest man in Gotham finally will visit the old lighthouse keeper off Pirate Reef who spends months on the end all by himself. And then Gordon's like, I wish I could go with you. And then, you know, Dirk's listening at the doorway. Ah, oh, that sentimental stuff gives me pain. So it also gives me an idea on how to make some dough and, and give the Batman the worst Christmas he's ever had. I don't know if you could do that. I think the one where his parents died was pretty bad. <laughs> it was pretty bad. <laughs> <clears throat> so they head out. Dirk manages to make it back to the headquarters, and he recruits the rest of his group to go 
and uh, they're essentially going to hit all the places Batman's planted on stop and because he mm -hmm. just told them. So Batman shows up and uh, tells him, hey, you know, meets the doorman, says, who's like, nobody wastes a second thought on me. People be surprised to find out I had feelings, reckon it's about the loneliest man in town. Suddenly, happy Yuletide, Ben. Uh, and we mean happy by the powers of Batman and Robin. You don't know it, but you're scheduled to be the guest of honor at the party inside. So they take him inside, dude. They're going to have this big-ass party for him. And, uh, you know, he says, and this is kind of cool. Most of us go through life paying too little attention to people around us. But this one night, most exclusive to town, we'll remember the most neglected employee, the doorman. He's been there like 20 years. Yeah. Um, so they're awesome. having the, he, he might've been there when they built the building. You know? Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, he's having, you know, they're having a big party when finally dirt danger shows up machine guns and has, it's a hold up, it, you know, be nice and you won't lose your lives. I just need your cash and jewels. Mm -hmm. And of course, Batman's like, you know, don't start, they'll start shooting and they'll kill people. And uh, this is the little seat, the little doorman seats. You remember they used to have them? Yeah. They'd sit out on. <laughs> Robin shows him how it works, manages to knock a couple of them out. They do get in a fight. When Dirk gets the drop on Batman, he's going to shoot him. But our good old buddy, the doorman there, hits him with a turkey. <laughs> and uh, That was hilarious. <laughs> Dude just picks up a roasted turkey. Yeah. And, you know... Gives him a screwball to the back of the back of the head. Yeah, damn it, it's better than prison grub. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe think of that scene from Friends where they had the turkey stuck on their head. Damn it, uh, I won't forget this, Batman. Let's scram. We can't catch them later, but we can't get through the crowd right now. And of course, the boss, who because they were having the party inside, the guys were actually able to get past the doorman because there was no doorman there. Was a stroke of genius throwing that chick. Oh, it was a chicken, not a turkey. That chicken, it your salary is doubled. So the boss doubles the doorman's salary because he threw a chicken at the dude and knocked him out. Well, because he, he he pitched in and helped save everybody. So exactly. So they get back on the slave mobile there and head off to meet the world's saddest comedian. Uh who we find out, you know, nobody ever talks to him because, you know, he doesn't have any family or anything else, and he's just grumpy, and he's got freaking just filing cabinets full of jokes, new jokes, old jokes, variations on jokes, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, he's coming to get, you know, Batman and Robin want to show him, hey, look, we're friendly. Um, And Dirk and... Dirk and D Dirk's crew shows up and they're like, hey, it's you again. Yep. So we're here. We're going to beat up Batman and Robin again. <laughs> and we're going to steal all the jokes uh, because the jokes are actually worth money. So they steal all the jokes. But now this was kind of cool. Uh, he's like, hey, uh, I'd hope you'd wake up in time to enjoy Batman. Isn't it funny? Chinsley, whom you wanted to cheer up, is going to strangle you as soon as he gets tired of standing on his tiptoes. So they've got him on a freaking step stool, and they've got ropes around their neck and around a light which stretch to him. And I guess when he gets tired and he drops, then the ropes are going to choke him, and they'll die. 
man, they this book just loves radiators. <laughs> I mean, I know that's all they had for heat back then, but still. Yeah, that is that is it's, the it's second set of second set of radiators. I didn't even notice that, but yeah, you're right. There is another set of radiators. There was one in the news story. There's one in the story that decided to use a reprint. Little <laughs> Batman Christmas time story with uh, with a radiator in it. Yeah, okay. damn you, damn you, central heat in there. <laughs> so. Now, uh, while we leave Batman there, uh, they they head out with these filing cabinets. Dude, these bastards must weigh a ton. These guys are strong as hell. Carrying out these filing cabinets. Even, even with a hand truck. They, back then, <laughs> yes. probably, an empty cabinet probably weighed like, you know, 300 pounds. <laughs> I don't know. These are, these are uh, you know, tall. These are the big boys, too. Mm. So now we get back to the uh, lighthouse keeper who's like struggling in a way by himself, you know, ice, making sure the boats don't crash ashore, everything else. When uh, Dirk's crew show up and they're going to cut the light out. Now, this is where it makes no sense. They're going to wait for a boat to crash. And then when the boat crashes, they're going to go out there, get all the stuff and then sell it on the black market. How the hell? Dude, it's freaking 24th of December. The weather's like crap. This is New England. <laughs> You're not doing this in the middle of the night. When's the last time you you saw a smart criminal? <laughs> I guess not only they're not only they a cowardly, suspicious lot. They're stupid. Huh? <laughs> so, so finally, like Batman. If they were smarter, they would have done this crime out of Gotham City. <laughs> out of Gotham City, yeah. Yeah, I'd rather die than harm you, Batman. So back with our, our comedian. There's only one way out of this. Dude, he would have to have some ball strong legs to do this. He picks this guy up with his feet. He says, if I can raise you another inch or two there, now jump to my shoulder and steady yourself leaning against the wall. It ought to be easy compared to what you've done. <laughs> so the managed guy managed to jump onto Batman's shoulder and get onto the freaking radiator as Batman kicks the stool up and then uses the broken glass from the light bulb to cut his, you know, cut the, cut his bonds and get away. And somewhere they, uh, they make mention of the fact that uh, we've done this broken glass thing uh, plenty of times. So it works every time. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. So, yeah, right there at the bottom, we should have guessed. Sooner or later, isn't the first time we've given ourselves a break by breaking glass? <clears throat> so, before they head off, though, knowing where dirt danger is gone, they stop and pick up the phone, and apparently all of the comedian's fans have called in. Batman's hooked them up on one giant party line, all to wish him Merry Christmas, which brings a tear to his eyes. Mm -hmm. And, of course, now Batman heads off to the lighthouse, which it's probably a little harder to find now that the damn light's out. <laughs> so, yeah, so they find it, and then they swoop in onto the bad guys and beat the snot out of them. <laughs> this is why Batman doesn't have many old-school villains left. I'm glad I left. I, I'm glad you left one for me. I've never yet disappointed you on Christmas, did I? You turned it off, so you turn it on. And have some volts while you're at it. 
So Batman knocks the hell out of this guy into the freaking circuit breaker or whatever. I surrender. Let me go. And the light comes back on and electrocutes him. Yeah. Let me knock. Let me let me slobber punch you into a, a high capacity electrical panel and uh, the high voltage panel will take care of you and put the light back onto the ship. Yeah, because this is this is 15. I mean, it wasn't like two issues before this where he quit killing everybody. <laughs> uh, so they uh, they managed to get the light on and the boat turns away from the reefs at the last minute. And of course, Robin and Batman all have a good Christmas Eve dinner with the lighthouse keeper. He's like, books, radio, and a feast fit for the king. Just what an old man would want. Merry Christmas, Tom. If you're enjoying it any more than you are, we're joking. And, of course, Batman then delivers the uh, Dirt Danger Gang to the police, all wrapped up. up. All wrapped up in a nice, pretty bow. Yep. Merry Christmas, Sergeant. Yep. Uh, he'll never have a friend. But, okay, yeah. What is this? I've been thinking, Bruce... We never did find the loneliest man on earth, did we? Bots, Dick Cheney, Wick had friends, only they didn't know it. No, we sent him to prison for his life. The loneliest man is dirt danger. He'll never have a friend because he's all greed and hatred. He's completely bad, a wild beast to be caged. No one will ever uh, say to him as we say to our friends, Merry Christmas. Pretty good issue. Yeah. For, especially for 43. Um, yeah. It read good. I mean, some of the old stuff can be really, really campy. And this was kind of campy, but it still read good. Uh, it, it got campier once the TV show showed up. Yes, it did. <laughs> and now Robin, the teen wonder, in Soul Pit. Mike Fredericks, dude, awesome writer. Mm-hmm. Rich Buckler did the art on this. Yeah, it's which really that kind of That kind of shocked me. Um. Now, we're not going to say anything here for uh, Dick Grayson's uh, genius. I know he's supposed to be smart and all, but it doesn't seem like he's being the smartest he could right here. <laughs> well, take into consideration, he's currently in 70s. college. It's the 70s. He's in college. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, can, I can describe 70 co- 70s college life. Uh, and a simple phrase, uh, puff, puff, pass. <laughs> Damn it. So this is Gotham City's famous Bleecker Street. Yep, the queen, yet the queen of heavens brings new treasures in the deep veins of mystery, faith and awe, soul pit. So we find out that Robin, it's mighty kind of Dick Grayson to get you to come down from the Hudson University area to show us around, Robin. So Dick Grayson is dressed up as Robin, and comes down to show his buddies around Gotham City. And they don't know it's him. And they don't know it's him. That's either. that Clark Kent glasses thing. Hey, dude, I don't know. It's, it's either that or these are the dumbest assholes I've ever seen. <coughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I'm always willing to do a good turd, Bernie. He said he owed you, you three a favor for uh, getting him up and into the Rutland Halloween bash in previous issue so they start heading around and essentially robin's showing them around town and they're here to scope out bars and scope out chicks uh and of course you know robin they finally do see he says uh he said hey look at that blonde 
and uh, Robin looks over there. He's like, hey, it looks like, but he never says, he says who it is later, but she's vanished. Ducked out. I thought it was Terry Brigstone. My imagination's been overdue since she left Hudson U on her mysterious missing person search. As recounted in Batman 234-236. Can't get out of my mind. So they go along and then, dude. So as they're scoping chicks out, one of the guys hits on another girl who turns out to be a Jesus freak. I have not heard that term in forever. And there it is. Yeah. That is a name I have not heard since the Clone Wars. <laughs> since the Clone World Wars. He says, man, you look like she asked you to. Yeah. Uh, she goes on and gives you the spill about, you know, Jesus and everything else. He says, man, you look like you, uh, she asked you to swallow a warm, fizzed out Coke. Worse, Alan. She had she had to try and pick up a Jesus freak. They're whacked out, obsessed with saving the world. Their way and no way else. With the world and the shape it's in, maybe the Jesus people are right. Yeah, Robin, maybe they are. I mean, who could say? Uh, of course, uh, as they're going on, they see him. He says, "I." Uh, besides, I thought college was supposed to teach you to have some toleration. Exactly. Um, I'm not necessarily upset with that, what they're saying, Robin, but their preachy method. Like, for example, look, they surrounded that poor guy. He's dazed. He doesn't know what to do. So they're trying to talk to this guy who's in a bad place and they won't let him go. So finally they run over there and they get in a big fight. Of course, Robin gets involved, starts slinging people around. Um, and then the rest of them all get in. They're ganging up on Robin. Man, it's a miniature holy war. Uh, we fight in the name of the Lord. Oh, brother, hide behind religion. That's the worst. So they finally punch get in this big ass fight um and then rob is like hold on pal you're the one getting away mere words were never deserve a punch in the mouth thanks brother robin but there's more to be done stop this fighting believers violence is not the way of our lord uh and then robin's following hey those are the best words i've heard spoken tonight now maybe we can make some sense out of this mess um and we find out that uh you know behold you know Brother Charles here, he's having some bad vibes, uh, you know, and he's knocked out. He's not hurt. He's just in a state of collapse from exhaustion. So they take him back to the apartment to let him rest. Um, and then when they get back there, Robin finally starts to see the, the woman there that he thought he saw earlier. Suddenly, Teen wanted Terry, I don't know why. I'm seeking my cousin. I'll find you somehow with our minds are linked. How they're linked, I don't know, because we missed like three issues, dude. Yeah. This it's, is... It's 1970s trippy stuff. This is like, yeah. So, they finally, uh, they wake up, you know, yes, his tortured mind is joined with our own, enabling us to behold the cause of his sorrow, his father. So, this whole psychic thing here, we get to see that the guy's exhausted because his dad beat the hell out of him. Um, and then Robin, who's, you know, he says, is that really Rick? He's been battered, beaten to a fraction of a human being. Yes, he's fractured by hurt. When there is no love, help him, Robin, or we'll never be well. I'm out of the dream fog. How did it happen? Why? And then Robin's finally like, hey, I got to get out. What scares me is if that really was Terry I saw, she has even stranger powers than I dreamed of. Dude, who the hell is Terry? I do not remember this character at all. 
some hot chick from college. I guess. Um, art was really good in the last issue. Mm-hmm. Um, story was pretty cool in a couple little parts, this last yeah. piece. But the fact that, you know, you, you picked us one to drop right in the middle of a damn storyline, <laughs> I have no idea where this crap is going. <laughs> Look, the, usually I pick up an entire issue that's like in the middle of like... <laughs> For instance, the death of Aqua Baby in the middle of 30 other issues. <laughs> yeah, two I'm of these like stories that. are standalone. The third one, I'm like, what in the hell is going on? Well, like me, like Meatloaf saying, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, dude, but Buckler, 72. When did he damn start drawing? Way before 72, because this is just so good. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, because, I mean, he's, dude, his, the stuff he did for Marvel, the, the damn, dude, the stuff he did for JLA was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's all after this. It's, I it's, would love, it's for early to, 80s. I would love for them to pull an omnibus of like all these early 70s Robin backup stories that were in the back of like Batman and Detective. So they haven't done that yet that you know of? There's like, uh, they're like five to eight pages. They're usually around eight pages, the Robin stories. Uh, They're usually around eight pages. So it's basically, it takes like two or three issues to have like what would be like considered a full book. Yeah. Um, But they did these for a few years while while Dick was away at college. And once in a while he would would come back and be in the main story. Yeah, periodically. I remember that. You know, and... uh, and it was basically just, you know, him and Bruce fighting. Now, um, I can't remember if it was in, I think it, some of it was a detective, but also some of it was in um, Batman. I think it was Batman Family. I picked up a while back Huntress Volume 1, right? Which has all the little eight-page Huntress stories collected in one volume. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, uh, of course, Huntress One for those who, you know, are just now catching on. Yeah, we're talking uh, the Helena Wayne Huntress. Helena Wayne, not Helena Bertinelli. Yes. That was in the 90s. Helena Bertinelli was in the 90s. So, yeah, early 90s. Yeah, which, I had those too. Oh, those, God, dude, I love that series. That was that was so fun. And when they made the, the first incantation of Birds of Prey. Yeah. When it, when it was, you know. Uh, Oracle, Oracle, just Oracle and uh, Black Canary and Huntress was awesome. Yeah. Then they turn, then they, they, they would cancel the book and they bring it back, cancel it, bring it back, cancel it, bring it back. And now it's basically, you know, Birds of Prey is just like either an outsider's book or a, uh, or another Suicide Squad book because like three quarters of the team of villains. <laughs> it's like, Mm, no, thanks. Well, Hel- Helena there was was kind of a villain in that first part. She's definitely an anti-hero. Oh, yeah. We need to do that one day because that's one of my favorite. That's like the first real adult for mature readers book I remember buying off the shelf myself and going, this is awesome. I think um, either, either that or uh, Denny O'Neill's question. Yeah, question was the same time period. Question yeah. late 80s, early 90s question. Didn't he? Because that had art by Cowan, I think. Um, mm-hmm. 
good. It was it's very good stuff. But yeah, this was cool. Uh art was really surprisingly good in the second story. Thanks to Jerry Robinson. <laughs> Jerry who I is I think it's Jerry Robinson who was the teacher of uh uh one of uh oh Steve Ditka's teachers I had read at one time. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've seen that before. That's amazing. And it, even, you know, Novak's art was good too. Art oh, yeah. art was all good in this issue. However, the inkers were extraordinary. <laughs> the inkers were extraordinary. Dick Garadano and uh, Jerry <laughs> Robinson. <laughs> Jerry Robinson. We're the stars of this book. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Say they don't. Call them tracers again, you punks. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right. Look so, out, it's the Mod Squad. All right. All right. I, I took me a little bit trying to keep this thing going. You ready to know it for next week? Sure. You ready? I'm Here ready. it comes. Yes. Amazing Spider-Man 314. We have never done a McFarlane Spider-Man issue. Ever. In however many years we've been doing this, we have never done a McFarlane's. Huh? Yeah, three like or four years. Year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm happy and sad all at the same time because it reminds me that when McFarlane first started doing ASM, I was so friggin' poor, couldn't get a job. So I'd scrape like a couple of dollars here, a couple of dollars there. And then I would have to like wait for some of his earlier work to go up in price so I could trade it back in. And all I would get was two books at cover price. And then he would slap a $25 price tag on, on, on an early McFarlane and throw it on the wall. I think I'm missing one or two of the original ASM by, by McFarlane. Now uh, it's not many, if I'm missing any, um, I remember, the first when, half, but I could when, buy them all back if I sold my 300. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, it's that, that thing's better than gold. It's never going to go down. My, uh, my, my 299 and 300 and, uh, new mutants 98 are like three books off the top of my head that are actually worth getting cleaned, pressed and graded. Yeah, I do not have a New Mutants 98. Um, but yeah, I got a 298, 99, and 300. Um, the thing that got me at this time when I was buying Spider-Man is, okay, people, you may not understand this, but back in the day, these things were on the spinner rack. And different gas stations or different drugstores carried different groups of magazines yep. and you would have to go to each damn one of them and hope you were there in time to get your book. If you didn't, it was gone. Mm -hmm. And we, dude, I, I was like, I remember when this was coming out, I would like, okay, we'd have to hit this gas station. It wasn't here. We've got to go to this next one. Cause they carry Spider-Man too. And we just keep going around until I got them. Well, luckily, I had discovered my first LCS then, uh, so it was a little easier to get stuff. And I was, you know, working part time, you know, bagging and boarding books and doing back stock and everything. Uh, 
which he would give me $3 an hour in store credit for. And I'm like, free comics, okay. Yeah. And my mother would yell, why don't you go get a real job? Then you can use some of your money to just buy them. I'm like, yeah, but now I just get to hang out at the comic book store all day. Yeah, it's it's not only am I getting store credit, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. It's fun, damn it. Uh, yes, I, and I know it's probably, you know, I know people are going to get mad, but McFarlane is probably my favorite Spider-Man artist. Just from the sheer nostalgia. And then it would be like freaking Rick Butler, or, you know, Ross Andrew after that. <laughs> it's crazy. Who's in who's in third? Uh Ramita Senior? Yeah, probably Ramita Senior. Or or Ramita Junior. Both of them were awesome. Spider Ramita, Ramita Jr. before he became Captain Chicken Stretch. <laughs> yes. Back in the eighties. Oh my god. I want my own style and I'm spending too much time doing all this detail. Dude, his stuff was so good back in the day. But yeah. yeah uh, we, we did that two part uh juggernaut story. Yes. That and was that, amazing. I go, wait, Junior did this? <laughs> Junior. Why is the art good? Yeah. Dude, look at some of the Iron Man he did. And you, you're like, holy Jesus, did he draw this? So I was I was talking to, uh, I was in conversations with a couple of uh, cover artists earlier yeah. today. Uh, one was uh, the indie guy, uh, Javi Alugo, who did okay. that, who did that Joker number one cover for me. Yeah. A couple of years ago, and uh, he did this awesome, like second gen Iron Man cover. He's got like the the crackle glow around like one of the hands for the repulsors. It looks phenomenal, and he did it like on the new Iron Man number one cover, I guess. Oh, sweet! Um, the uh, the suit that looks like the one that they. Uh, that they added gears to for the 2099 Iron Man back in the 90s. God, dude, I love that story. Wait, well, he's got it skates. Was... <laughs> and the other guy I was talking to was uh, cover artist Chris Mad. Yeah. Oh, Chris and, Mad's good. And uh, he had, uh, oh, what do you have? He had two blank covers of. Uh, Oh, now I gotta bring it up because because you forgot because <laughs> I forgot what book it was. It's gonna drive me crazy. You could probably walk. <laughs> Did you find it? <laughs> there he is. Give it a boom, boom, boom. <laughs> He's been working. Oh, it's it's the uh, the reprint of book three of uh, Death in the Family they just re-released. Where oh, Robin I, dies. I saw that the other day. So he's doing a new version of it. Um. Yeah, I'll bring it up. I remember Let's buying see. those off the damn rack, dude. I yeah, I, them I still have mine. At, yeah. uh, at, a, at, a, at a gas station called Swanee Swifty. Swanee Swifty. Yep, it, it's no longer in existence. It's a liquor Swanee, store. Swanee. It's a liquor store now. Um, Jamie wanted to know: Have you seen the Santa Claus Conquers the Martians movie? 
no, I think I missed that one. I'll have to look it up. It's, it may it be sounds it, it sounds like it's making me think if if Lee Majors, the six million dollar man, is in that movie, I've seen it. It's hilarious. <laughs> if Lee Majors is in it. That there was a yeah, they did one back in like the uh the late 80s, early 90s. So here's the post with the funny gif over there. Um they released like the right the full art cover of it. Yeah. Uh, but they released they released a foil edition that looks really cool. But uh the week it comes out, you can get the foil edition at a store, but it's gonna cost you like twenty-five dollars. And I'm like, it's a reprint. Why are reprints all of a sudden like going for like twenty-five to a hundred dollars the week they come out? Dude, ASM or not ASM, uh Hulk 181, those things are like 50 bucks now. Mm-hmm. So off to the side here underneath the, ooh, uh, I guess he's asking, he goes, hmm, what should I do with these? Uh, this is from, uh, I guess this is a new thing DC's doing called From the Vault because that's like the tagline up, up top. Yeah. So they're like bringing and reprinting stuff from the vault because their numbers suck. I wonder why. Uh, so I wrote, Joker holding Robin's severed head. <laughs> and Chris has got the emoji going on it. Yeah. And he's like, I'm open to the idea. Which Robin? I'm like, Jason, of course. <laughs> Damn it. He's just going to come back and start shooting people anyhow. So, you know. I wish, I, they, I wish they would have left him as the Red Hood from the Winnick run. Oh God, that was such a good scene. I don't know what they've done with him now, because yeah, I haven't read, I haven't read any of the new stuff with him in it. But you know why? Because the old stuff is so much better. <sighs> yep. All right. Well, I, I will get that. I'm going to take some medicine, and I will get that book over to you, and we'll be back next week. Can I show you this? What the, Sinet the Sinestro that I won? Yeah, last I think it was last week. Okay, I didn't know. I showed somebody else the other day. And it was it was back in like the box with the paper over it, so I I really had no idea. Dang it. So okay, you get that over to me and we'll be back uh next Thursday. Same bat time, same bat channel. Oh wait, it's gonna be spider time, spider channel. Yep. We'll see you at the bugle next Thursday. At <laughs> the bugle. Dang it, Parker. <laughs> in the meantime, uh have a great weekend. Uh I'll see you back uh next Wednesday. What is next Wednesday? Okay, next Wednesday is the 20th. I'll see you back next Wednesday with another guest for Creators Outlet. We'll take another look at somebody's uh, indie creation coming up. And then next Thursday, we'll be back with that, that Spider-Man Christmas book from Tard McFarlane, the Todd father. And then I'm back on the 27th. I've got uh, Buzz Escovedo as a, as a guest uh, talking about his uh, his book Bloodbone. Sweet. So until then, uh, thank everybody for uh, for popping in and hanging out with us. Uh, everybody that was in the chat, Jason and uh, and Alan, and everybody else, uh, have a great night, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>